this is Mike and Tom from Mike Has a Drink. We just wanted to take a second and talk to you about our favorite app, Anchor. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you know, and even plus that, when you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Yeah, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, man, it's totally free. So listen, you want to start a podcast, you're thinking about trying to figure it out. If the two of us (laughs) figured this out, how hard can it be? So go right now, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You won't regret it. Good evening. Good day. What's up, girlfriend? How's everybody's uh, week? How's 4th of July? We survived. We did. We, we, uh, we got uh, rained on pretty heavily twice. Once when we were setting up camp and then once when we were breaking it back down. I saw but everybody have a good time? Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I, um, think, I think people need to talk about camp etiquette, though. You know what I mean? Like, when you're camping and it's like 6.30 in the morning, you shouldn't be standing outside your camper just yelling at people. You know, Red? <clears throat> no, you really shouldn't. Well, I'm glad you agree with me. See, told you, Tom. Sorry. No, actually, this time it wasn't me yelling at people. Um, Full disclosure, though, Jimbo, our apprentice Jimbo, did happen to find himself a little lady friend. And that seems to be going well so far, so. That's right. They're two days strong into their relationship, right, (laughs) Two days strong. <laughs> hey, man, it's Jimbo's first. <laughs> Every step's a big step. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, our uh, free hogs were very successful. Mm-hmm. They, uh, we were, we were very popular at the campground. In fact, this one gentleman came around like four different times each time with a cart full yeah. of different people. He was driving around getting people and going, come on, we're going to get three hugs. We're going to get three hugs. And then they were quite upset when we took the day off yesterday for free hugs. Yeah. But, hey, it's a holiday. Yeah. We don't hug on holidays, right? Reggie. Reggie there? Reggie. Now I'm here. Oh, hey. Hello. Hello. Hey. You got to stop putting this on mute or something, Reg. I don't even know how to mute it. Yeah, you know, Kelsey, why are you pushing buttons over there? Right. That's what I say when I'm on my work conference calls, too, though. How do I? I'm here. I'm talking. No one can hear me. (laughs) That is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, so. So now that we can hear you, 
What do you think, Reg? I I think you said the expectation that you would give free hugs and then people were disappointed when you weren't giving free hugs. In all fairness, or Mike was free hugs for $5 tomorrow. <laughs> give them a warning. Yeah, and then Mike had way too much drink to drink the rest of that evening and just decided that the hug, hug factory was closed. Mm. Well, Tom was pretty heavy on yeah. that on that decision as well. Yeah, you know, we we both drank two two tall boys of this nine and a half percent golden monkey beer. It's amazing. One of my favorite beers. Yeah, but, get the first three sips of it. No way, man. The first sip is like heaven. Mm. Like all right, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. You guys, you guys are Hey, I'll tell you what, I love the first sip. I love the first sip of the second can each night. Does that count? I'll give you credit for that. All right. Um, and then we went, the guys camping next to us. Um, because you know, you can't go camping and not make friends, right, Reggie? Right. You gotta make you gotta make friends. Our our you know, our apprentices this weekend too was Listen, you guys, this is a perfect opportunity. Meet a friend to do a bunch of dumb stuff with that you're never going to see again. Like, hey, I dare you to swing off this branch into the middle of the pond. Yeah. No. No. The only one that took any bit of our advice was, was Jimbo. Jimbo. And, he, and he, he went to, like, the extreme, and he's <laughs> planning his wedding. <laughs> So, the guy had this red punch. What did he call it? Holy water. Holy water. And then, and then he made us listen to the country song, telling us about what it was. Um, Alvin, shout out, brother. Thanks for the holy water. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Please don't bring the cowboy fan. No, 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 no. They need to bring Brandon, but only if he's cooking a brisket again. Because let me tell you, no. growing up in Texas, it it the way he cooked it, it actually tasted like quote unquote home for me. Yeah, because but, he was from originally San Antonio and grew up cooking. But they don't need to bring him. Oh, he, he can, just he cook. Cook it. <laughs> drop it, drop off. it off and leave. <laughs> Are you jealous? Are you jealous? Uh, no, Rags. That's just my hatred for the Cowboys. Because the first thing out of his mouth was, we have five Super Bowls. And I said, right, and none of the kids that are here right now were ever were born. And I thought about that, bro. I was like four the last time you guys won. He's like, me too. <laughs> Man. Not quite, but I was actually older than four. Mm -hmm. But for the, sake of the, for the sake of the joke, yeah, but I, if he does come, Brandon, I got something in store for you. So I'll think it's funny. We'll post it on the Facebook page. Everybody else will think it's funny. Brandon will probably cry because Cowboy fans are sensitive. 
There's anything wrong with that, and you get used. To, but you think the Cowboys fans were used to heartbreak, right? Every year is their year, and we them boys, and and then it's well, if this guy wouldn't have got hurt, or if that guy wouldn't have got hurt, or, or wait, wait, wait. What I love is when they go with, oh, look what Jerry Jones did for us, and then like three weeks later, that same player will do something bad, and like Jerry Jones needs to stay out of our locker room. Yeah. But anyways. I digress. It's like we do. It was a, it was a rather enjoyable four days. You know, you know the the positive, Reggie, about finishing and ending with the rainstorm mm-hmm. was both our tents don't leak. Right. <laughs> And now they're currently out in the yard drying, so we're hoping it doesn't rain for a couple of days because they are soaked now. Yeah. Because, you know, we and got tired of waiting for the rain yeah. to stop. We just said, the quicker we do this, the quicker yeah. we'll be done. Let's go. Yeah. We're like, you know, they don't like to wake up in the morning. Oh, Billy, did, did I tell you how I woke Billy up? Oh, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I walked in and I pulled the plug on his air mattress. Yeah, he didn't care for that very much. <laughs> um, it woke him up, though. I woke my kids up and said, look, it's, it's been raining all morning. It's slowed down, so get up right now, and we can get everything packed up because in about 20 minutes, it's going to start pouring. Yeah. 22 minutes later, they came out of the tent. And while it was, it was pouring. And the damn raccoon. Oh. Okay, in all in, in all fairness, Mike and I might have been a little intoxicated a few nights and forgot to put all the food away. So we had a raccoon party that loved our campsite. The only thing we had left because we planned it right was for breakfast this morning. And he stole it, Reggie. He stole it. <laughs> he stole our bag of pancake mix. That's funny. No, no, what really wasn't? Because all of us are standing there shivering cold, yeah. soaking wet, heart, starving, because, you know, animals got to eat too or something. Uh, disclaimer, that was just a joke. Tom does not agree with that statement he just made. <laughs> yeah, Tom feels like all animals should starve. Take that, Peter. <laughs> I mean, I believe it's not like you guys were camping in like the backwater boonies. Right. You're, yeah, I mean, it could be worse, I guess. It could have been like a mountain lion or something. But if that's the case, we could have just sent one of the kids with it and been good. we'd have been good for the weekend. Right? All I know is those animals, I don't know how they're that sneaky and that fast, but for all the food they stole, because they were hitting all the other camps too, they've got to weigh 300 pounds. Or 300 of them. That could be it too. Yeah, maybe. I'm going with their 300-pound raccoons who are walking around knocking over trees. Well, it's you. What was that, Reg? I said raccoons. They're just trash pandas. 
Oh, you know what, though? I know, but I still want to catch a little baby. I mean, people keep them as pets. Well, I know. I would have had one. I was Before we went to Florida, my brother-in-law had two little ones outside the front of his house that his dog kept trying to get, so we had to relocate them. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're so cute! Until you go to touch them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, whoa, mm -hmm. I need to get littler ones mm -hmm. because these ones will kill me. Yeah. Into a trash can and relocated them to the backside of his yard so they could run out into the farm and you know, still get fat. Speaking of relocating animals, I worked at the uh, golf course right outside of town on uh, Hell Hollow Road. Yeah, it about when I was working in. On uh, in the uh, summertime during school years, and the head groundskeeper, he was like, "We have a groundhog problem. They want me to kill them, but I refuse to." I said, "Okay, so what do we do with them if we catch them?" He goes, "We take them to the golf course on the other side of town. Let them deal with them." <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not ethical. But it's better than killing an animal. I guess an man. innocent animal. Should have just took it and dropped it off at the outlet mall. Someone would have adopted it. That's what everybody else does with their animals. Whoa! Hey, wrong button. Whoa, no! Oh, Tom's putting we're on gonna, a slow we're gonna, jam for us here. We're, that was actually a commercial. Uh, for a slow jam. Um, uh, actually, it was for another Psycho 6 song. It's called Slow Jam. <laughs> My podcast, Mike's rule. Just give me this, Tom. Damn it. <laughs> um, all right, so look. Fourth of July just happened. Tom and I are super proud. We survived with all our fingers, all our toes. Didn't blow up anything. How about you, Reggie? Were you, were you safe? Yeah. All right, good. We thought Chelsea was going to get it. She was running around with those little sparkler things. And I was like, Chelsea, you got to stop. You're going to burn your eye. Or, um, or you're going blind. Speaking of sparklers and going blind, quite a few years ago, younger, Apprentice Billy decided to get a real close look at a sparkler by taking it and looking directly down at the top. Well, yeah, that was a problem. Well, no one's ever accused Billy or Jim Bob. Yeah. Of making the best decisions in life. But then again, did we? Hmm. I never seen But I did have a uh, Roman candle war. Who hasn't? I mean, let me rephrase that. Who of our generation hasn't? Reggie, you've had Roman Candle Wars before, right? Yeah. I've also um, spit fire using tiki torch fluid. You know what, Reggie? Somehow, um, that does not surprise me, actually, at all. <laughs> well, like, you want to talk about camping adventures? I've also lit a 30-foot wicker man on fire with a bunch of friends. 
Wait, what? what? You want to make your own car? <laughs> we, so we built, um, so a bunch of friends and I in college, we were camping and we built a wicker man out of a bunch of down trees. And to like get this thing, like it was so big, like we had to put rope up over another tree branch to get it to um, stand upright. So we stand it upright and drench it in like flammable, flammable liquids and light it on fire. And we forgot to detach the rope. Oops. So, so the rope started to catch on fire on the tree. But thankfully it had been raining, so nothing else like really caught on fire. Right, right. So my, my only question Reggie, was were you guys wearing white hoods at the time? Um, oh, because I think I've seen that movie before. Um we were not and because oh, yeah. um, you it was gonna be the first time you ever got kicked off the podcast. Yeah, no, we there there were no white robes or anything like that. No red or purple ones either, huh? No, nothing nothing nefarious like that. Were you guys dancing around in like Harry Potter robes? Or naked? Um cl closer to what Tom said. I mean it was raining, so none of, I don't think any of us were naked. It was also college, so who knows? You know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there that uh, old Tom here may or may not have danced around many a bonfire nude, just because people said I would I wouldn't do it. All right. I feel like anytime somebody says like, "Oh, you never do that," but yeah, I'm gonna no. do it just for the fight. Reggie, what it used to be for. Myself, and I can almost guarantee majority of the guys out there, because, you know, men are dumb, myself included, um, is you don't have the balls. That was the, like, number one trigger phrase. That was like the old school double dog dare. That was you you couldn't back out of that it. That was the triple dog dare. That was the triple dog dare. No coming back. As a, so as a girl... One, I will do most things out of spite. Um, but as a girl, like, that you don't have the balls. Like, balls are, like, really fucking sensitive. And Actually, in all fairness, Reggie, my one was very powerful because it almost killed me. <laughs> yeah, it was the game off of balls. So, but I would say... So, so, what a girl said. You okay. don't have the nipple. So, no, no, no. But okay, so the the see you next Tuesday word. Um, uh -huh. so, so the origin of that is like that feminists wanted a word that like they could reclaim the because like if you call somebody like you call somebody a pussy if they're like wimpy. And like, ha I have had, a word about that. Having had four kids, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think my, I, I don't think, I think I'm a pretty big badass. 
So to say like, you know, oh, you're just being a pussy, like that's not really an insult. Like a pussy is a badass thing. So Reggie White or uh, Reggie White. Thanks, Reg. Wow. <laughs> Betty White best. And I'm paraphrasing her quote because I don't have it right in front of me at the moment. But she basically said, I don't understand why people call wimps pussies. Have you ever seen the abuse a pussy can take? Yeah. And because Betty was a pimp and well, was a pimp and you know, okay. Yeah. So I think that I think if you really want to insult somebody, you should be like, don't be such a limp dick. Right? I have said I have used that one. Um yeah, never mind, I forgot. Well, thanks, Tom. That was a good story. <laughs> so what? We're like way off, way off, way off here, people. Oh, wow. We went over yeah. our way off. Yeah, time. we're like 11 seconds off course. Oh. Um, Better rain it in. Hey, what are you cooking, Reg? No, that's my, my dishwasher. Oh. Yeah, I'm not cooking anything. No, Reg. Oh, um, tonight, Tom and I have just finished our first fifth. It was was for the boys. It was the Natterday Strawberry Lemonade Vodka. Black. Black cherry. Black Black cherry lemonade. Yeah. It's not going to get a a recommendation from us. It's not going to get a second go around. It, uh, It was rough, Reg. It was bitter. If it, if it can't pass his marinade, then... That's I don't even think I'd marinate my face on a marinade. No. Ugh. No, it's bad. it's bad. I think, like, putting in lemonade would save it. Maybe, like, Sprite, but by the amount of Sprite or lemon-lime soda, really, depending on your taste, that you'd have to put in to make it bearable, it would be overpowerable. Yeah. Overpowered. Yeah, it'd be like... It wouldn't be worth your effort. So that's right. Our next, our next thing that we're going to crack is some holy water. We'll update you on that oh, whenever we get to it. Give me a cup. I'll give you some ice, sir. Pour on, man. I still got to get rid of this last little bit of this shit. Slacker. Woo. Yeah, that's bad. Um, that's worse than Snoop's wine. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yep. So last week we were discussing the events that led up to the thirteen colonies. So we're going to continue with that. But before we do, um, we there are some things that we need to update you on. Um, we're still waiting on a price for the t-shirts. Because we probably all both, all both forgot to ask. We, um, we, we did. Uh, also, I got an email from Pandora today. Oh? We're not approved yet. Don't get excited. Oh. They wanted me to attend a webinar about something, and I responded, not until you publish us. So we're not there yet. 
But I don't know if we told everybody yet. Like, we are. We're on iHeart, people. iHeart Radio, man. We're the real deal now. <laughs> people can't make fun of us anymore. This is true. Mike's crazy and Hannah brought up the fact uh, that she thought it was hilarious that we had heard nothing back until we had started talking trash on them. Yep. And then we got approved. Yeah. So maybe um, Pandora, get yeah. your shit together. Just be like Pan- Pandora. We have day jobs. Like, yeah, we don't I- publish a podcast every day. Like. We're functioning members of society. And I, well, that might not be, that might be too strong. Um, well, no, because I, Chelsea, who is on this podcast but never talks, saves lives for a living, people. Come on, Pandora. If we can get a doctor to come on. Which, by the way, by the way, people, I need to let you know. That Chelsea just informed me today that in the fall, what are you going to be doing, babe? Uh, well, I'm going to my master to get my NP. Come a nurse practitioner. Ooh, good. Uh, then I know Chelsea. I can come visit for all my ailments. What was that, Reg? Um, Chelsea and I can talk about it after the podcast. All right, that's okay. Fair. Reg, just Epsom salt and the rash will go away. <laughs> Don't scratch it. Don't itch it. Do not itch it. Ended up with poison ivy everywhere. Yeah, that's totally yeah. what we're talking about, Reg. Yeah, that's what we thought you were going to tell us. <laughs> um, yeah. Dish soap. Wash it in dish soap. So the other thing is, if any of our listeners are planning on getting married, Mike has a drink, is certified, we are official, we can conduct marriage license in Pennsylvania. If you live in another state, let me know, and for 1995, we can make that happen. Boom. Oh, no, well, that's not the feed. That's not the fee. <laughs> that's that's our ordained minister's licensing fee. Yeah, for the next state. Um, and we'll even throw in a free podcast episode. At your reception. Or before, the night before, as we host a bachelor party and uh, try to get someone in trouble. Not the groom or the... Uh, what's best the, man. Oh, best man's getting if you don't like your best man, <laughs> have us come. Like if you have your brother or brother, yeah. future brother-in-law be your best man, we, let us listen, know. If, that that's, is if our, that's the case, we'll waive our fee. That is our bread and butter, people. <laughs> we got you. Um, but anyways, all right. So I think that's all the announcements, right? 26 minutes in. 13 pounds. At this point, they hate Britain. Right? Hold on, sir. What? Whoa. Sir, you were skipping a step. The song. What song? The Psycho Stick. Didn't we do that? No. Because I should. If there was a song to sing, I sing it and beer you bring. I drink beer when I am sad. 
Cause the beer it makes me glad Now there's nothing left to say So let's go drink beer Beer is good, beer is good Beer is good, beer is good Beer is good, beer is good, beer is good Let's go drink some beers I can't feel like a fraud Cause there's only been a couple episodes That we've done beer on uh-huh. In all fairness Most nights We do pre-game On beer but, shooting pool. So next week I'm gonna find us a good beer. Good in my world. I'm gonna say um well um come October I I will provide the beer for one of our episodes because nah, listen, pumpkin beer sucks. No, hell no, never, mm, ever, ever, beer, never pumpkin beer sucks. No, it's Budweiser's Black Crown. Uh, well, we can talk about that later. And then, if, if you no. are one of our um, 385 subscribers and you like pumpkin beer and want to come on in October to tell us why it's good, we're more than willing to entertain that opinion. Um, just uh, hit us up at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Or hit our Facebook page, Mike has a drink. Um We still don't have a website because we are only up to $1.92. We're fully getting to that island, people. <laughs> but, hey, Mike. Did you know that the Boston Tea Party had a sequel? Is this a bad joke? No. Okay. Because it's not fun for that. <clears throat> you know, everybody knows that the first one was on December 16th, 1773, where they threw 340 chests of tea in. Because the people that were supposed to unload the chests went on strike and we staged a boycott. Yes. But and then we dressed up as Mohicans. Of all of all things. As Native all Americans. Pale white people trying to pretend they're Indians. Or Native Americans, sorry, Native Americans. Let's send out these fat white guys that glow in the dark and stick them in Indian skirts. And headdress. And a headdress because that makes it official. Um, well, they decided that it wasn't enough. Some of the members, not all of the original Sons of Liberty. But they decided to do it again on March 7th of 1774. But why have not many people heard of that? Um, because the ship that they decided to raid only had 16 chests of tea on it. Because the dumbasses threw them all in the first time. Right. They didn't really think that one through. No. I mean, you can only pretend you're a Native American one time. One time. And then the British are going to say, well, you know, there's American within 250 miles at this point. So we're not buying. But that really was the start. Like, at that point, that happened. And the king said, yeah, those freaking little bean towners or where? Well, no, that's not what Up there in bean town. Bean town. We're cracking down on you. So guess what? Here come all our troops. You're going to have to let them live wherever they want. You're going to have to feed them. You're going to have to take care of everything. And if you've ever watched Turn, I know I keep saying that. Like, it's been every, like, 
Turn is a pretty good show. Any colonial history episode we've done, right, with Mr. George. Oh, Benedict Arnold. Mr. Benedict Arnold. Last week, this week, that show is awesome. And they show you what it was like. Unfortunately, it was it was filmed in Williamsburg, but that's okay. Um, no. Sorry, son. Nobody will remember in like five minutes. So, um, but one of the things from that episode, mm -hmm. is this going to steal one of your facts? No, 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 no. It might. They put a guy in a little submersible. It actually does. Go ahead, Tom. Okay. In so, the Boston Harbor. So, the Revolutionary War, pretty much anybody of nowadays' last thought is revolutionary. Like, in technical aspect of the word. Like bombs. Right. Anarchy. So... But the first submarine attack took place during the Revolutionary War. Uh, the American Turtle, a submersible vessel that was shaped like a giant acorn. Um, David Bushnell built it in 1775, and its first run was in 1776, where it attempted to attach explosives to the side of the British flagship, the Eagle which right. was docked in New York at the time. But the operator's tools were not strong enough to penetrate the iron, so the bomb just kind of fell to the bottom of the ocean and did no damage at no. all to the eagle. No. So how drunk did they have to get that guy? Hey, this has never been tested. That's actually the fact I was the most about because it was pretty interesting. It's cool. Right? So... <laughs> they do try it again later, and again, it's not successful. Yeah, either. right. But how, how would you like to be that guy? We've never tested this, but I know it's going to work. You just pedal over there, right, and then pull this lever, and while you're pedaling, some water's going to come in to keep you at a certain level right? so that while you're pedaling, you can drill into the side of this boat. Yeah, I don't think I would have signed up for that one. I don't care who I am. Yeah, it would have a lot. I kind of put in the same category as the people who, like, built the vessels to, like, ride them over Niagara Falls. Now, Reggie, I've done that twice and survived. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Reggie, he's lying to you. He's done that three times, but yeah. only survived twice. Right. First time I didn't make it, but I learned from my mistakes. See? Um, so what you got to do, people, it's not a loss. It's a learning experience. That's right. So, so anyway, so we get now we got the British troops. Like, before the focus was New York. We're making New oh, York pay. Oh, wait a minute. Speaking of the British troops, do you know the uh, original British, quote-unquote, invasion was not the Beatles? I'm not sure where you're going. Is this a dad joke? No. Okay. It's another fact. Um, the British controlled New York. So quite a few of the soldiers began moonlining as actors on Broadway. And they were very popular. 
the heck with the Beatles. That uh, entertainment British invasion. Is that, is, that, is that before or after they set Broadway on fire? Uh, that would have been before. Who's that, Reg? I I don't know. What? Who set I, Broadway on fire, Reggie? Oh, I don't know. I just know that they, like, they set the whole thing on fire. And then there was something about, like, the stench from, like, all the dead bodies. Like you couldn't, you couldn't do you start know, like. Do you know what? Do you know which side started the blaze? Well, I, I mean, somebody was, was like guerrilla warfare. So I'm gonna go with like it was. It was a colonialist who got tired of, um, or uh, not got tired of, but felt that the quote-unquote British invasion of their theater was damaging to the revolutionary aspect yeah, of the war. Yeah, you're freaking brainwashing people. So, a militia, you know, actually, militia full of Minutemen actually did all you that. Know, isn't that ironic? Back then, being a Minuteman was a badge of honor. Nowadays, People frown upon it. But back to the war. To war. So we got the tea party. The British cracked down, right? You're going to quarter our troops. You're going to do everything. Well, now the people, the people up there in, in, in Boston, Boston, they didn't like when I went to pop the cot, and there was a British soldier standing in the way. What? Um, so we end up with the perfect storm of events, right? Mm -hmm. It's snowing. It's cold. The British soldiers are standing there. The colonists are all liquored up because it's a Wednesday. What else you got to do? Let's day drink. After the work on the farm was done. Well, no, because the ports are all closed and they're not working. There you go. They can't be smuggling because there's troops everywhere. Well, they didn't do it. They're going to go fuck with those guys in those red coats. So mob forms in front of like four soldiers and they're taught them. And people start throwing rocks. Allegedly. Allegedly. Like Star Wars, who's our first honor video. And then the British soldiers fire some shots into the crowd. And there's, there's a little bit of like discrepancy about who the first person shot really was. But history, history says it was Christmas Adams. It was Han Solo. No, Han Solo did the shooting. He shot first. You're damn right, Han Solo shot first. <laughs> I can feel Mike's expression through. <laughs> <laughs> you are not wrong. You are not wrong at all. <laughs> this is why we need a camera, Mike. 
I mean, I mean, my my film degree and like you know all of that. Han Solo did shoot first in the remastered version. They changed it so that he didn't you know, look like such yeah. a bad guy. In the original, Han definitely shot first. Yeah. Well, off and I'm a Star Wars fan. And, and, and I what's that. what's the run that Han Solo is so proud he can do? The Kessel. I'm sorry, two people ever to do that run that fast. Is it perfect measurement of distance? Okay. Thank you for attending, Tom. No, that's All right. So yeah. we're talking about Christmas. Is this talking about what? All right, so I don't know what we're talking about, Reg, to be honest. Hey, I'll this, tell you what, though. This holy water, we need to talk about it for a minute. It's got great alcohol in it. A fifth of uh, Bacardi uh, Superior. a fifth of Bacardi Superior, which I don't even know what that is. Can't get that in Pennsylvania. Um, and then it's like he just dumped Kool-Aid in. Hawaii Punch. It's pretty strong. And it's bright. But yeah, I think he was lying about that. I really feel like he just dumped some Kool-Aid pouches in to give us some color. With some sugar, because it was yeah, it is, sweet. It is sweet. But anyways, so that Speaking happens. Speaking of sweet. Oh, here we go. No. no Are you no. going to hit us with a sugar act? No. All right, good. I want to talk about the Daughters of Liberty. Because everybody knows that the Sons of Liberty like to tar and feather uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank of the word now. The ones who supported the great... The loyalists. Loyalists, thank you. The Daughters of Liberty took a sweeter aspect to it, a sweeter turn to it. And instead of tarring and feathering, they did molasses and flowers. Nice. Nice, very nice. Peace, love, and get the hell out of town. Um... Mm, so that happens now. Now that's it, right? You're shooting our. You're shooting our people. There's no coming back from that, right? Um. So now we have the Continental Congress in Philadelphia. I know you like to add extra letters in there, Tom. That's not how you say it. No, you know what? Back then, Philadelphia was pimp. Because it was originally supposed to be the nation's capital. Uh, not originally, it was. You're right. It was supposed to be. It originally was. Thank you. Yes, you are um, correct, sir. You're welcome, America. As a pang, I will concede to the fact that Philly was the first nation's capital. Yes, and Gritty is based off of Ben Franklin. All right, that might not be true. No, wait, 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 wait time out, though, because you, but if you, you can't it, argue you, that. You can't argue it's not true. <laughs> you cannot argue it's not true. Which, time out, uh, Ben Franklin actually released a uh, newspaper article explaining why older women were better lovers because they were more likely to keep their mouth shut and they were more likely to teach you something. Ben Franklin's my dude, man. He did not have a single fuck in the world. Nah. 
He's gonna get an episode. He needs an episode. He, ooh, he needs. He needs multiple episodes. Any guy out there, you should want to be Ben Franklin. But anyway, especially for fella, because I mean, dude was ben quite popular ben, with the lady. Well, he, he knew how to silver tongue yes, his way. He into. was smooth, smooth. But anyway. We're going to have to disconnect with Renty at some point because we haven't even gotten to the fact that we said we don't want to be part of your country anymore. Hey, Reggie. What? Do you know who Deborah Sampson was? I don't. She was a damn gangster. She was a colonialist. In 1782, she was 20, 21 years old. And she dressed up as a man and forced her identity under the alias of Robert Shirtliff Sampson, which was the deceased brother of hers. She went so far as to dig a bullet out of her own leg to not be a woman. Now, unfortunately... Oh, reason why you shouldn't call people pussies. Well, unfortunately... She should have gone and got discovered as a woman right then and there. Yeah. Because she had to go to a civilian hospital that was off base where they didn't know her hush hush secret. Whoops. And so she got outed, and for the first time in American history, a woman was honorably discharged with a full pension. Because of the her acts of valor and yeah everything that she's awesome. done, then you know that that really could be an episode down the road too. Because there were a lot of women during this they war were mainly spies that really really took won the, the war for it. They really yeah. turned the tide. Um, so, anyways, like I've been trying to say for forty two minutes. Thanks for keeping us so distracted, Reggie. Then it's time for Tom's dad jokes. Is that we have now moved on to dad jokes, and then we'll hang up and call you back. Uh, no, Mike will hang up before he, I do my dad jokes. And they'll just mysteriously disappear. Whoops! Hey, Mike, did you know that the word independence is not in the Declaration of Independence title? I did not. It is actually called... The Unanimous Declaration of the 13 United States of America. There were 200 copies of it made. Only one has all 56 signatures, which is what's on display in D.C. at the National Archives. 26 of those have the uh, signatures only of John Hancock and Charles Thompson, who was the Secretary of Congress yeah, at the because time. those assholes took up half the page. Because he so, wanted them to be able to see it from without his glasses. So only 27 out of 200 survived history. The rest are been destroyed, lost, stolen, sold, what have you. So there are 27 quote-unquote known Copies at the National Archive in Washington. Mm, I know where there's an unknown one. 
Nicholas Cage's uh, souvenir pack. No, no, but I'll tell you off there. Um, so, okay, that really wasn't much of a dad joke, though. Okay, dad jokes. All right. Hey, Mike, why can't a leopard hide? Why, Tom? Because they're always spotted. Reggie, do not laugh. Hey, Reggie. Mm hmm. Stop looking for the perfect match. Just use the lighter. That's a good one. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it you, wasn't. Reggie. Oh, Reggie, are you there? There we go. Good. A terrible joke. So. I don't know, Reg. He oh, he definitely oh, he definitely sets the bar really low every week. So, but let's go back to our topic. We're really not, and I'm going to blame this on this freaking devil juice, or whatever, <laughs> holy water, whatever the hell Alvin gave us. It's a, it's dangerous, people. Yeah. So that happens. Obviously, we declare war. We decide we're going to fight for our independence, right? Well, that's all. That's all fine and good, but until a couple events happen, it's really just talk, right? So the British troops <clears throat> decide that they're going to move out on first Lexington and then Concord, and both both times they're going to go, and they're really going after like the towns. Uh, ammunition supplies. Right. And that's where we get that fable, <coughs> excuse me, of Paul Revere riding across the land. He's kicking up sand. The redcoats are on his tail because he's in demand. I, I, I have. You have his little facts? Go ahead, Tom. Hit us with it. He had 40 people with him. Yes. At least. And did you know? Which one of those people got arrested? That I do not know. Mr. Revere. That's why he, his name went down. He did not complete his ride. Everybody else? There were two main guys. And I don't, because of his devil water, I don't remember the name of the second guy. So if someone else knows it, let us know. Um, <laughs> but the only name coming to my head right now is Samuel Coppers, but I know that's Mark Twain. Right. So that's not right. Um, but he gets stopped. The other guy finishes. So the militia, being Minutemen, who are ready to go in a minute's notice, head to cut off the British troops. But, Mike, okay, there was actually, Mike and Reggie, there was actually somebody more impressive because two years after um, Paul Revere and his 40-some people doing this, a young um, Sybil Ludington, who was the daughter of a colonel, rode 40 miles by herself from 9 p.m. to dawn to warn the Minutemen in New York that the British were burning Danbury, Connecticut. So history got it 
right but wrong. Like they're celebrating the wrong hero. Yeah. Well, listen, to be fair, how many people during this time period actually did stuff that was heroic that we'll never know? You know, that that's 100% fair. Uh, right, speaking of, this is the first time on one of our episodes that I've had, had to go on to more than one website to find little-known facts about the Revolutionary War because so much of it is known. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's so, for the first time in the history of this podcast, we're like on our accidental hang-up, and I've just turned to page two of my 12 pages of notes. Oh, God. We're not getting through them. It's just not going to happen. Hey. So, so anyway, we have the Continental Congress in Philadelphia. Right. They, they, and they dropped the bell. They and that's when Philly went downhill. I'm going to fucking, I'm taking you to Philly, shoving your head in that, head in that bell, and I'm ringing it. You would get your ass kicked worse than I would by ringing the bell. It'll be worth it. <laughs> At least we'll knock the hate out of your mind. <laughs> no, there's nothing but love for Philly. It's all just brotherly, friend, friendly teasing. Except mm -hmm. when it comes to hockey. Anyway. So we have this Continental Congress, and they say to this smooth talker from Virginia, we need you to draft the French. A no, not, not the French. Oh, you're not talking about I'm not that far. All right. We need you to draft a list of reasons why we are no longer going to be ruled by the British. So this smooth talker by then Benedict Arnold, he sits down and he starts, he's like, yeah, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. What people don't know is uh, Benedict, or holy crap, his name's not Benedict Arnold. Thomas I, was, Jefferson. I was wondering where you were going with that. Mr. Thomas Jefferson, RIP, since he, you know, he's out running around town. He's having fun. Hey, Jefferson was one of our most abusive presidents. Five, five o'clock in the morning, he goes, Ah, oh, man, I'm supposed to be back in front of people by eight. So he sits down and he comes up with what becomes our Declaration of Independence in three hours while he's drunk. Now, I'm not sure how factual that is. But that's my version of the story. I mean, and the sad thing is, though, Mike, is it sounds probable. Mm -hmm. We declare these truths to be self-evident. Self anyway, so... That created equal if he's white and, long and owns land. Yes, and you're not not white or a woman. Uh, sorry, Reg. So... That part's not in there, people. Yeah. I added that. You're... you're Reg, you're a little before your time. That's all. With the yeah, I, I guess I really shouldn't talk during this episode. No, no only if you ask for permission, Reggie. Oh. No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know we don't we really like that, Reg. So then they're like, oh, this is great. And people start signing it, and then they say, oh, hey, we just declared war. Right. Who's going to run the army, right? So and you've got all these little skirmishes breaking out, protecting, protecting like the weapon caches and everything like that. 
and we talked about it before. Horatio Gates thought he was the man. Um, one of the Adams brother, one of the Adamses. I don't think it was Sam. It, it was Quincy. John. John Quincy. Yeah. He thought he should be the man. Right. And then. John Quincy is the son. Yes. Okay. And he thought that it should be his right. And they're like, no, just, you know, it's already a British problem. It's already a middle colonies problem. And who walks in but the pimp himself, GW, in an old uniform to remind everybody that 20 years ago, he was a military commander for the British. He didn't walk in and say, hey, check me out. He walked in, sat down, and didn't say a word. And everybody said, oh, look at that. We all forgot that GW was a pimp. Right. Let's give him the army. Because then all the southern colonies have to become involved. Which you have to have in your notes about the secret plot to kill him. Because I skipped over them assuming that you would. I don't have them, Tom. Okay, well, um, all I know is that according to history.com or .org, one of the two, that um, there was a secret plot to kill George Washington, but I skipped over it because I thought that was, you know. Look, in full, not, full not, disclosure, I did not do my research tonight until about six. Well, I didn't do mine until about three this afternoon because, you know, we were at camp and we were drunk. People, these things happen. Well, and um, so we originally, all we wanted was them to, like, get rid of the taxes. We didn't, well, like, we, we sent, like, letters and we were just like, hey, just, like, stop taxing us. We just wanted to have somebody we had sitting over there to say, wait a minute. And we, we wanted a fair tax. Yeah. We felt we were being, uh, well, we, I said we, but the colonists felt that they were being, um, yeah. And we said last week, like, one of the big, one of the big battle cries, right? No taxation without, without representation. representation. Right? That was, who was that, Thomas Paine? Yes, sir. So, and that, that, or oh, that thing spread like wildfire. You want to talk about people losing printing shops for printing that? They were getting broke down right and left. This, um, up until recent events with political aspects I'm not going to talk about, but up until recent events, that was like the epitome of government propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you had some other ones, right? Don't tread on me, the New Hampshire state flag. Which which is all about don't 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 step don't on me. live here and don't or not live here don't not live here and tell me about how to live my life right um and then the the master drops give me liberty or give me death you want to rally a country. Give me liberty or give me death. That will bring out the rhetoric of any yeah. nation people. Yeah. Fun fact that's 
completely in- inaccurate. William Wallace stole that speech. William Wallace didn't even make that speech. He was dead by then. Like I said, man, same thing was in three hundred. Leonidas died way before the end of the battle. Yeah, like I said, I didn't quote accuracy. You didn't. I invented my own fact and presented it as not true. That right? I refuse your logic and substitute my own. Is what Mike just did, mm-hmm. and I dig it. Because at least we didn't wear skirts. Um, um, I have worn a kilt before, and I have worn it naturally, and let me tell you, quite comfortable. So I've never worn a kilt, but I did win the Ugly Christmas Sweater Contest at the Mustang because I wore a tutu without any underwear underneath. <laughs> and in the middle of winter, let me tell you, if I lived somewhere that that was the norm, I would not go outside. Do you want to know how I won an ugly sweater contest at one of my work parties while working at the steel mill? Oh, I know. You shut up. I wore a black sweatshirt with a mirror tape to it. And uh, that was my ugly Christmas sweater. Adam won, I'm sorry, the IT guy won an ugly Christmas sweater because he wore a sweatshirt with uh, shaggy taped on it. <laughs> But anyways, that has nothing to do with the Revolutionary War. And if you're not tuning in for the first time, you understand that you get bits and pieces of nonsense. And every now and then we do drop a fact about every 12 minutes to be exact. Boom. So speaking of, we're right on time. So, um, you know, Mike, more troops died from disease than they did from battle. I would think more troops from the surgical procedures. That's true. This this stat did not have the surgical aspect in it. It just mm-hmm. had um, from a comparison of battle death to sickness death. Yeah. So listen. So for every one soldier that died in battle, you know the exact number has been lost in time. For every one that died in battle, there were at least two that died from sickness or disease, mainly gangrene and smallpox. Crazy. So, listen, if you've ever woken up from surgery and had your doctor's cell phone stuck where your um, uh, gallbladder used to be, you can thank the Revolutionary War doctors for that. Time out. I do have to say, when I, I was younger and playing football, I had to have my knee replaced. And the surgeon who did it thought it would be funny to walk in as I'm waking up and say, all right, well, you should be all right. I'm going to go to lunch. Anybody see my keys? Oh, fuck. As he points at my knee. And it actually made me laugh. Just like Mike just smiled like hell. Yeah. yeah. But I laughed because it probably could have happened. So... You know that you're not wrong at the hospital. I got the surgery yeah. at. Reg, you know which one I'm talking about? That's like 17 miles west of us. Oh, my. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I don't know miles, so we're just going to move on. I know minutes. Where I grew up, it was minutes. Okay, about if you go the main route, about 20 minutes, but if you go 
to the express route, it's only about like 15 to it. Okay, so it's by where I work. Yes. Um, that, that makes sense to me. Because when you grow up, like where I grew up... Oh, no, no, you didn't tell us, especially like people like me and Reggie, you didn't tell us left or turn north. You told us turn left at the street at the um, stump after the old barn. Yes. Yeah. When you pull third cornfield, make a left. And then once you drive 35 minutes, my house should be on the right. You won't see the lights because we're back on the back 40, but trust us, we're there. You probably won't see the lights because I'm not pedaling the damn bike. <laughs> uh, so anyways, the war breaks out, right? And at first, like, people are, like, flocking because this is going to be a quick war. They're, the British are going to be like, we're going to beat them once and they're out of here. Right. And meanwhile, the British are going, uh, listen. The soldiers, the British aerocrosity is going, listen, you guys should just roll right through, no conflict, nothing. They should just bow down, basically. Yeah. The soldiers are going, wait. Okay, right. Yeah. Hey, we're, for the first time ever, we're shooting at people and they're shooting back. We're winding uh, up in a field, and they're shooting us from the woods. Yes. So, guerrilla warfare was our best friend next to spy, next yeah. to espionage. But everybody thought it was going to be quick, right? And yeah, I mean, that's probably like every war, right? Because no matter what side you're on, if you're the big dog or the underdog, both sides are thinking, you right. know, the underdog's thinking, I'm gonna sneak in under his attack, and I'm just yeah. gonna destroy him. He his belly. He's coming. Yeah. And the big dog's thinking, "Oh, I'm just gonna pounce on him and smash him, right. and that'll be it." Right. And at this point in time, the big dog in the world was Britain. Was Britain? Nobody, nobody won either. Had the had the um, ovaries. The yeah, Raj. What the see you next Tuesdays to stand up to them and say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Get the hell out of here, right? Right. Or the ones that did, two days later, they were saying, we're really sorry. Which, how arrogant did the king have to be? Oh. He was the king, man. You know, um... He was also nuts. He definitely was. Well, he, he suffered from syphilis from a young age, Reg. Come on, now. That's kind of a trade-off, though. Syphilis for being Syphilis to be king of the world? Maybe not. Because um, the treatment's painful back then. If they even caught it, if not, it ate your brainstem yeah. like it did King James. Yes, and Mr. Capone. Um, so, yeah, man, do your, do your part. Let's kick the British out of here. Rhetoric at its... I was going to say strongest, but future population increase, I think nowadays American rhetoric is, is at its highest. As, as yeah, we, listen, we don't have enough time for that. No, we do not. Um, and that's a subject we're probably not, not going to cover. Going to cover, yeah. Because we don't want to get censored. Um, but hey. But everybody, like, they were signing people up, like, for six-month terms. Like, this war's going to be over six months. Right. 
didn't quite happen. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's kind of like, well, no, I won't say that because that'll reveal a lot. Um, but it's basically like, hey, yeah, man, six months you're home. Hey, five I, and a half months comes from. Uh, hey, 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 I need you for a couple more months. Okay, we miscalculated. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and need you to send in those TPS reports with the cover sheet. Yes, and and um. We're gonna need you to date that for like six more months, and then they're not getting paid. They're starving, particularly up in the northern campaign. Right? There's right. basically two campaigns. There's well, Maryland, I mean, the, Maryland the, down. The southern ones were so rich from right. tobacco well, and. Well, not only that, you didn't have to go through a real winter. Very true. You know which what I mean? is why an, another episode I'm sure we'll do down the line is which is why Napoleon lost Russia. Yeah. Because he attacked but, the winner. So the way that it typically worked was the British would go in and take over a freaking town. Right. So all winter, they were living in the houses. You know, and um, this is not widely reported because the um, at least Americans, I don't have much knowledge on the rest of the world, but Americans don't like to teach their own negativities. That's fair. Um, so the British are, I'm just going to keep going. You, you, know, you know how you interrupt someone when they're on a, on a roll, and then they drop the knife and it cuts off a toe? I feel like that's what you just did to me. That's all right, I got you, nine had, more. you had stopped talking. Because you started talking. So, anywho, that may be true. Um, so like we're living out in these like terrible conditions, no food because all the money and support that had been promised dries up after six months, right? Right? Like, we're not making any money in our trades, how can we send you the money we promised? So, we're starving, we're out. In these tents that have holes in them and they're flapping in the wind, eating whatever we can find, right? And I know, like, when you read stories about like World War One and World War Two, they're eating rats in those freaking bunkers. Um, That's they, because as much as war is a profiteer, it's also a profit trade. Mm -hmm. But the thirteen, you know, thirteen colonies, those armies. The colonialist army would have had a feast if they could have found rats, man. Right? They were they were eating up all the horses and they were eating up, you know, it was bad. Taco Bell came from. But that's one of the things that really, and we talked about this when we talked about Mr. GW, Reg. That was back when on your European vacation. But uh, GW lived in those same conditions. He didn't live in a fancy house. You know, he didn't take over a house. He pitched a tent right in camp. And he walked around just like when he was president. He walked through the camp every day. So people could see him and they could approach him and whatever. But he never really went without food. You know what I mean? He ate first. With that winter, you got them. I grew up like in uh, Element Middle School. We moved out to Lancaster County. But before that, we lived outside of Philadelphia. 
So we had two main sites, right? We had Valley Forge, which is the site of probably one of his best moves. And then we also lived near Brandywine, which was not one of his better moves. But you can go and see those places and see what people lived in. And, uh, you know, it's Pennsylvania. You know, and back then, back then, unlike now, Eastern PA gets a lot of snow. Well, it doesn't get as much snow, but it's icy and it's cold. Right. Back then, it really had Western PA weather. Where it poured. That's why. No, it's getting uh, And uh, so our, hey, troops, our troops are dying, right? They don't have they don't have shoes. They don't have anything. And in the there. meantime, though, our man, the legend, the myth, or I mean the myth. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> that's him. Oh, Ben Dragon Franklin is over in France just waiting to get some news. You know, uh, time out. Uh, an interesting side note that quite a lot of people know, but some of you may not, is old Benji was afraid of the old ganja. That's he, interesting. He, he was quite, um, he pretty much had a love relationship with it like I do. Wait, you said he was afraid of it. No, no, we're, we're talking medically licensed palm oh. here. So he was a fan of it. Very much so. Yeah, and to this day... Yeah, Thomas Jefferson, actually. Yeah. But to this day, off the ganja subject, but if you walk around some of the rivers around Philadelphia, mm -hmm. you can find, like, original colonial hops still grown that they use for beer. Right. So he's over in France just waiting, like, gosh, I, you know, I've got all these little fair haired maidens coming he, to visit he's me. He's very frequent, uh, does. And, um, you know, we're whining and dining, and I'm dancing them around town, giving them all the little twirls. But I really need some good news. And then the man who's going to become the traitor gives him the good news. Well, because remember, if you listen to our Benedict Arnold uh, episode, he was quite the war hero before he turned heel. That's right. Which, which goes back to the old standing tradition, guys. Make your own decisions. Poor girl. Poor girls. Ladies, guys, make your own decisions. Don't make dumb decisions because you think you're in love. And everybody's uh, crying, so that tells yeah. me I struck a nerve, but that's okay. We're going to move on. Hey, did you know that the Continental Congress was so broke that they couldn't afford a real Navy? So they hired pirates? They gave them pardons. Right. Uh, under the condition that the pirates would split the quote-unquote booty 50-50 with the government, which you can imagine how many pirates actually did yeah, that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, we got 20 gold pieces. Here's 10. Um, but you know what? It worked. It did. Because eventually you had you had Mr. John Paul Jones. 
Who it was is, JPJ. Who, yes, who is sir. a pirate? Don't be, don't be mistaken. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, sir. But, man, he was a terror on the seas. Undefeated. Uh, but, so we got, we got back to this year, uh, Ben Dranken. She, um, he's over in France waiting for good news. And uh, it finally comes because we win the Battle of Saratoga. So, do you know what that means, Reg? No. What? Um, We win the Battle of Saratoga, so he rolls in to whatever Louis was in charge of France at the time. 16. Tom says 16. Um, it's hard to keep track because it seems like every single one of them was named Louie. And says, yeah, look at this. King, read this. Like, we're wearing this war. Look what we did, right? So he commits some troops. And uh, so he writes back and says, hey, the French are sending their navy and they're sending, on, sending part of their army and, you know, hang in there. They're going to be there anytime, anytime, anytime. So in the meantime, up north, we got it's a stalemate, right? We win one, we lose two. We we win two minor ones, we lose a major one. They're gaining traction in the south, and they they get the army, the British army, hunkered down in uh, Yorktown. So. I believe, I believe, and I'm not 100% sure, Reg, but I believe it was Horatio Gates again, who real, realistically probably should have been the freaking general, but he's got them all trapped down there, but it could be, I could be wrong. Let me take a, let me take a quick look. I'm not sure. I'll have to find that. But anyways, so they kind of pull into Yorktown and um, then then George Washington gets some information. He receives this letter like, hey, the French army is coming on the ships near New York. So he does a fake attack, like his troops are heading towards New York City, so the British would pull back so that the French troops could get off the boat. And I want to say it was like, I mean, it was a pretty big number of French soldiers. 14,000. Total. When they combine, when the French combined... With the the, uh, colo- the colonial army, it was about fourteen thousand troops, and they head straight to Yorktown because that's where Cornwallis is. Uh, the hero is uh, General Rochambeau, probably the coolest name ever, besides mine. Um, and they basically just say, hey, you're not going anywhere. We've got our ships. We've got our ships outside of Yorktown. We've got our army all around. We're setting up cannons. 
we're just going to keep shooting the cannons at you from either the ground or the or the uh, or the water. Um, and I, have you ever been there, Reg? Have you ever been to Yorktown? Yeah, i i took um, I took the kids, and then I've been there. Okay. Did you ever go in the little cave? Um, probably as a kid. You probably did. It's not not super impressive because it's all blocked off. Um, but there's a cave. Like it was so bad, they were getting shelled so bad that uh, Cornwallis had to have his meetings in like this cave way back in so that they could talk to, he could talk to all his other, um, I don't know if they're generals or whatever they are, without wearing co-conspirators. Okay, that's fair. Um, without worrying about getting bombarded. Right. So when you go there now, though, there's bars up that stop you from getting back into where they actually would have met. Right. Um, and, and at some point, he just says, we can't get out of here. Right. We're surrounded by 14,000 troops, and now we've got the, the uh, Continental Navy with uh, John Paul Jones, the thug, and, no, now no, the, no, no. and now the French He was Navy. a gangster because he was on our side. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'll pour a little bit out to JPJ. Um, so, we don't have a choice. Like, you can't get troops here fast enough at this point. We need to surrender. Right. So, they do. One of the facts that I was surprised to find was that not a single cannon was fired into Yorktown until George Washington himself arrived. And he fired the first cannon shot. Wow. Because everybody there knew this was it. Like, this is it. They're it, it, It's basically the um, predecessor, like the, um, not the predecessor, but the original version of the Cold War. But Washington actually broke it by firing the cannon. There. So, at that point in time, now they send, like, their... List of demands to the king. Right. We want to be our own country. We, we don't want to be serious to be self-evident. Yeah. yeah. We talked about that earlier. Yes. Um, and at this point, the king says, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. I've spent so much money, first on the French and Indian War, and now trying to get you dumbasses under control. We're going to pull our troops out. And then in a couple years, when you all screw up, we'll just come back and take over. Right. So off they go. I believe that was called the Treaty of Paris. Most likely. Because you know how the French are. Even though they're only involved for 42 minutes. The national flag is still white. They want that too. But they, they want... Some you know, which is historically actually inaccurate because the French have had some pretty uh, brutal military expeditions. Yeah, I mean, we talked about a couple, right? Right. Um, 
Cinco de Mayo, they got their butts kicked for a day. Um, French and Indian War, they lost. So they just wanted like some peace and quiet. Like, yo, please, we'd be on the winning end of something. Right. That's not bingo. Um, so the war ends. Down the road, they called Mr. Fr- uh, Mr. Washington in to answer for some things that happened during the war. Right, because, um, yes, we won, and yes, it created, but the colonials were of what would be considered as war crimes today. Yes, yes, where it got to the point where we stopped offering surrender. And the British did too. Right. It, 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 yeah. It was kind of like a... Kill or be killed, kill, and that's it. Kill all the wounded. Right. Because neither we side... Can't afford, we can't even afford to feed us. Why do we want to feed prisoners too? Right. What's the logic? Which is unfortunate, but... Fortunately, it won us the war. Yes. But speaking of after the war, do you know who is credited, Reggie, with um, doing the first case of identifying a body through dental records? Mm, I'm going to say Betsy Ross. No, sir. Reggie? Um... I don't know. Paul Revere. That's kind of surprising because he was a silversmith. Yes, who also dabbled in the lucrative business of dentistry. Ah. So, when at the end of this battle, two months after his historic ride, um, he was called in to identify a body of his possible friend. But the body was too decomposed to, you know, uh, visually identify. So, Paul Revere opened his mouth and said, yes. That's it. This is Major uh, Joseph Warden, Warren, not Warden, sorry. Joseph Warren and I built these fake teeth in the back of his mouth for him. So Paul Revere is actually credited with the first case of posthumous dental identification. That's pretty awesome. That's an awesome fact. So 1782 is when this revolutionary war finally ends, right? Right. And we were... We were... Um, so much in despair. November 30th, they reached like the original, the initial Articles of Peace in Paris. Right. Then in December, the British evacuate. The last remaining troops evacuate. Right. Because, also, I'm sorry, I got to take this in real quick. But a little known fact is it was a hush hush order from the officers for the soldiers to start trying to reenact Prima Nocta again. I don't know what that is. First night. First night. First night of a marriage. 
British soldier gets your wife instead of you. Uh, if we can't get them out, we'll breed them out, was the logic. Okay. Which, as you can imagine, caused quite a lot of trifle. I, think that feels, I can't imagine that ever sat well. Um, so, December 14th, the British leave South Carolina, right? Right. The last major spot that they're at is New York City. Right. <laughs> so, in March, George Washington has to go to Newburgh, New York, because there's a hearing about basically like the, this conspiracy. Like, we know some of the soldiers in the Continental Army were fakes. We want names. Right. He refused. Like Deborah Sampson. Yeah. He refuses. You know why? Because he's an OG. Yeah. Because he understands what happens. Snitches get stitches, and if you chop down cherry trees, we have to eat out the pots. Um, so we now we're in April, the peace treaty happens. September 3rd of 1783, it's actually signed, the Treaty of Paris. Right. That's it. We're done. It's over. Um November of 20 November 25th of that year, then the British officially leave. That's it. Right. They get on boats and leave their stronghold of New York City. December 4th. Except for the few that. Instead of, of, no, no, not even those ones. Instead of just doing their, you know, um, the quote unquote ordered raping and pillaging, those that fell in love with Americans stayed and stayed behind. Right. Which, you know what? Hey, that's fine. That's fair. Got to give them dudes respect. Stay, you know what? Stay Follow the heart. Earn your yeah. way. Earn your way. And that, you got to love new love, Reggie. New love is something something that makes life wonderful. Um, all right. That's okay, Reggie. You can ignore us. So, Reggie, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. He's like, I'm not touching that. So, December 4th. Washington has a big thing with all his officers. He bids them farewell. He thanks them for everything that they did. Right. And if you watch the turn episode, there were a lot of people that were promised money that the new government didn't pay. Well, that's and Mr. Washington paid it out of his pocket. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was rather well-to-do before the war. Right. But that's pretty stand-up, man. Right, that is. That, that's pretty – that's like – um, you know, I was never really a fan of his show just because I was a Leno man myself growing up. George Washington had a show? No, Letterman. Oh. David Letterman. When a few years ago there was a writer strike. So David Letterman paid – the writers of his show out of his own account okay. to keep his show going. Okay. So even though I wasn't a fan of his show, I respect the fact that he was like, yeah, dude, it's a listen here, guy, man. It's a you, you know, you got a job. I don't care what they say. I'm going to pay you. Keep yeah. doing your job. You got to respect the stand-up guy. Right. right. And then George Washington does the unthinkable on his way back home to Virginia. 
says, I don't want to be president. He I don't stops, want to be king. He stops in Annapolis, Maryland, mm -hmm. and resigns as commander, which makes... Because oh, he knew, because he knew, we, and we covered this in the GW episode, he knew that they wanted him to become the new leader of the country, right. and he wanted absolutely nothing to do At with it. At that particular time, you're right. He said, we have to find our way. Right. Let's figure stuff out. He basically said, let's be single for a while and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of, like, you know, if you let him go... And they come back to you. It's meant to be. Right. Old Georgie came back to us and saved actually, us. Actually, we went back to Georgie. Well, we went back in bed. But, <laughs> but he still came back, Tom. You, you're true. You're right. You're right. And he saved us. But he resigns. And like we said before, old Karen, King Karen George says, if he did that, He's the greatest man to ever live. And he does. He resigns. He goes back to his the love of his life. Right. He retired to what? Oh, Reggie, you corrected me on it on the episode. Hmm. Where the hell did GW retire to? Mount Vernon. Thank you. Thank you. Goes to Mount Vernon. Um, and goes back to living like a normal life. Right. And eventually he gets sucked back in. Yeah, the Congress is like, hey, George. Well, not only that. George. And he's but, like, no, no. Yeah. But All you've right. got, you've got, and now you basically are stuck with like three regions, right? You've got the hotheads up in New England. You've got the hotheads down the south. And then you've got the nice, calm people. Living in the middle states, right? The middle colonies are like peace, love, and happiness, bro. Right? The middle colonies were offering out free hugs. They were. They had some crazy signs. They walked around town, hanging out. Free hugs, dude. If you're having a bad day, come get a free hug. In New England, if you walked around with that sign, you got punched in the face. Down south. Because nobody in New England wants to admit that they need uh, you you guys yeah. do. You do. There's nothing wrong with us up here. And then down south, <laughs> you walked around with the free hug sign, and next thing you know, you're um, floating on like a raft getting pushed towards Jamaica. So With alligators biting at your toes. Yeah, taking pieces of the raft, you got the alligators, you got those freaking anaconda snakes that they got down there. Burmese pythons. They're even worse. Anacondas are a little bit further south. Look, if that was true, we wouldn't have had the song that changed the world. Buster McFly. I like the Buster I cannot laugh. My ain't. No, no, because he's talking about his wiener. Yeah, but it, he wouldn't be like, my Burmese python doesn't want none if you ain't got buns, hon. Right? Well, in all fairness, the largest snake ever caught on record was a green anaconda. Right. And it just sounds better. It does. It flows better. Yeah. 
Week. I'm thinking Tom might not be available. <laughs> like you wouldn't make fun of a capital, Mike. Reg, what do you, do you are you are you fluent on pirates? Um, no, but I can try. Well, you got a couple days to kind of get there. <laughs> so, Is it what we do every week. Yeah, pretty much. It pretty much is, and that's why we're famous in our own minds. Because Tom gets fired every week and still shows up. 
Yeah, he's like that guy from the uh uh what was that movie? The Office? Was that the movie too? No, there was a show called Office. There was a movie called Office. Office, Office, Space. Office Space. He's he's the guy that keeps complaining about his stapler missing. Milton. Who hasn't been on the payroll since like which is actually um Oh, I can't remember his real name, but he is the creator of King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Is the dude who plays Milton. Anyways, all right, people, thanks for joining us. We uh, deeply appreciate you giving us a go and uh, putting up with our bullshit. Yeah, and hey, look, this week, give out a free hug. But the world needs more free hugs. A hug just brightens someone's day. But make sure they're your same age. That's right, which is why we were having our apprentices give hugs to some of the golf yeah. courses to show up free Any hugs. of the younger kids that we weren't quite sure about, we were like, ah, you're on the fence. Younger younger guys, that's you, because we're not going to jail. Um, Reggie, you just keep your hands to yourself for the week, and that'll be a that'll be like bonus. <laughs> Don't tie anybody up from your ceiling, you know. Unless they unless consent. It's, unless it's, yeah, that's fair. But make sure they sign that letter, Reggie. Sign it before you tie their fingers in the hibachi. Right. I, okay. <laughs> so, uh, that's all I got, Tom. I've, I've been out of facts for the last 20 minutes. I've been rambling. So, yeah, I mean, that's normal. Reg, we appreciate you. We love you, Reggie. Love you guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.